there. Welcome to the Calm Podcast, combining academia and life with Marilyn. My name is Marilyn Ritchie, and I have been a mentor and a scientist for 15 years, and I wanted to find a platform to reach more of the academic community than I interact with at my own university. My goal is to give you strategies and ideas for how to achieve harmony between work and life. Sit back, relax, and let's achieve harmony together. Hey there, friends. This is Marilyn Ritchie back for another episode of the Calm Podcast. It is great to be back with you today. I took some time off the last couple of weeks. There was just a lot going on with work and school and transitioning to fall that uh, didn't leave me a lot of free time to spend doing the podcast. But I'm glad that this week I am able to find the time to connect with all of you. Today, I want to talk about just what is going on kind of in my mind this week, which is around this feeling that the last couple of weeks I have been hitting a wall and it's just been a slog. I feel like Life has just been more exhausting and more stressful the last couple of weeks than it has in months. And I've been trying to pinpoint why everything just feels hard again. And I guess I know that I've mentioned it before. It does feel like through this whole pandemic and the whole kind of nonsense that has kind of resulted in 2020, it seems like we go through these like cyclical times where things feel a little bit easier for a little while and then they get hard again and then they feel easier and then they get hard. And the last couple of weeks, I feel like I'm hitting a wall. And what do I do whenever I feel something like that coming on? I start looking for resources, you know, listen to other people's podcasts and reading blogs and trying to figure out why am I feeling this way? And I've actually found a couple of really important points that helped me feel better about the fact that I've been hitting a wall. And so that's why I decided to share it. You know, if you're one of those people who's still kind of coasting along and things are going great, um, maybe save this episode for later whenever you hit the wall. Um, I hope that you don't. But but I think the reality is that in dealing with something like the pandemic um, that we're facing right now, it's just likely that most of us go through these periods. All right, the podcast that really changed my perspective on what is going on right now is a Brene Brown episode. So Brene Brown has a podcast called Unlocking Us. This is from episode uh, September 23rd, when the topic is On My Mind, RBG Surge Capacity and Play as an Energy Source. This episode of Brene's podcast was life-giving to me, and all it was was her kind of rattling off what was on her mind that week, but in particular, her conversation about surge capacity really hit home and helped me recognize what is going on in my brain right now and why 
life has felt challenging again. So she's talking about an article by Tara Hale, and it's in an online journal called Elemental, which is a medium um, publication. And the whole focus is on surge capacity and how we are struggling with surge capacity right now. So first, a a definition, what surge capacity is. These are adaptive systems, both mental and physical, that humans draw on to survive during a disaster. And what we're going through in 2020 seems to be a series of disasters. And, And maybe disaster is too strong a word in some people's minds. Nonetheless, it is certainly a crisis, a stressful situation, or a series of stressful situations. We have the COVID-19 pandemic. We have social justice issues that have surfaced and become very front and forefront in many of our minds. There is a lot of stress and anxiety around the upcoming election. So it's just a lot, not to mention for those with families dealing with um, an education system that has had to pivot in ways that they never could have anticipated, as well as people working from home and homeschooling. It just, all of it is a lot. And whether you call it a disaster or you call it a crisis, nonetheless, we have adaptive systems in our bodies that help us deal with things like this. However, what we're dealing with now is different from a typical crisis or a typical disaster. And there are a couple of reasons that it's different. One is that much of the destruction that is happening right now is invisible. Maybe not all of it. So for some who have been sick or who have lost loved ones, who have lost their jobs, some of that destruction may be very visible to you. But for all of the kind of other types of destruction that we're, that we're experiencing, you can't see it. It's not as though a tornado ripped through and there are buildings down. We're not going through a hurricane where you can see the wind kind of moving the trees and see the rain and see roofs being ripped off of houses. This destruction is in the economy and in the way that people are having anxiety and in the way that people feel. And a lot of what's happening is behind closed doors. It's the stress of homeschooling and working from home. And you can't really, everyone else can't see that. And so this is referred to as invisible destruction. Another reason this is different is that the loss or the losses that people are experiencing are ambiguous losses. So they're really unclear and don't have a lot of resolution. So we don't know when some of the businesses may reopen, if they reopen. And so when will some people get their jobs back? We don't know when it will be safe to do some of the things that we used to like to do, like go to concerts and amusement parks and have big parties. So we're experiencing a lot of loss, but it's, it's ambiguous because it's, it's not, 
as simple as one thing. It's just a lot of things that are lost. And so that's another reason why it's different and more difficult to deal with. Um, A third is that we are both simultaneously trying to deal with the crisis and destruction while it continues to happen. And Brene talks about this in her podcast. And so I'm, I'm going to gonna uh, steal from her and, and summarize kind of the way that it, it plays out in my mind based on what she said. It's like we're in a hurricane and there are winds and crazy rain and, you know, the roof is off the house and the water is pouring in and we are actively both trying to get the water out of the house. So we're, we've got buckets and we are tossing the water out the windows while the rain is coming down, while we are trying to put on a new roof. Oh, and by the way, we're also trying to build a, an addition onto the house. So, you know, we're simultaneously trying to, to deal with the crisis at hand and move forward and live life. And it just keeps coming. It's, It's not like typically when there's a hurricane, it rips through. It is a catastrophic 24 to 48 hours. And then you're left with the rubble and the remnants. It sucks. You still have to pick up the pieces. You've got to clean it up. You've got to deal with it and figure out how to move on. But the rain stops. The wind stops. Right now, It's not stopping. Nothing is stopping. We continue to see COVID numbers increase. We continue to experience, you know, losses of black lives that shouldn't be lost. We continue to experience kind of this tension between the Black Lives Matter and Blue Lives Matter movements in the media and in our communities that that I certainly struggle with understanding why it's not both and black lives matter and so do police. It, it, it's just like anything where, you know, there are some policemen making some bad choices and doing things that are illegal and they should be held accountable for them. Just like the rest of us, they are human just like the rest of us, but this is not the focus of this podcast, but I I think I am going to do one on social justice soon because it, it's, it's really something I'm growing more and more passionate about. Those issues keep coming up. They haven't stopped. The election gets closer, and so all of the anxiety around that keeps coming. All the while, COVID cases keep coming up. Businesses continue to close. People continue to lose their jobs. People continue to get sick. So we can't just start to rebuild yet. The hurricane hasn't passed. This COVID pandemic disaster or crisis, whatever you want to call it, just continues on and on. And so our surge capacity, our internal adaptive systems, both mental and physical, to deal with this type of situation are not built for ongoing crisis. Therefore, a disaster that happens in a day or two, or maybe over the course of a week, we are now in, what, the seventh, going into the eighth month of this. 
So of course we're getting tired. This surge of our, our ability to deal with that, that rush of adrenaline and our cortisol levels go really high and we get really stressed and we become really strong and we fight and we rebuild. And then we have to retreat and relax and rebuild internally as well. And we are not getting the chance to do that because we're still in the middle of the crisis. Gosh, I hope we're at the middle. We really could still be in the beginning. We don't know how long it's going to go on. And that's part of the issue is the uncertainty of when we will see a shift. So if you have not listened to Brene's podcast, strongly recommend it. And this article that she cites that I will put in the notes on the website for today's episode by Tara Hale really explains why why we're feeling exhausted, why we feel like we're hitting the wall, why this is so hard. It, our bodies weren't made for this type of stress and crisis to be ongoing. All right, so we're in an unprecedented disaster that I think we can all agree with, but what do we do about it? So also in this article, um, they quote and interview three different um, professors. So Anne Mastin is a psychologist and professor of child development at the University of Minnesota. Pauline Boss is a family therapist and professor emeritus of social sciences at the University of Minnesota. And Michael Mattis is a professor of thoracic surgery at the University of Minnesota. And through kind of the conversations with the three of them, the article puts together, you know, some wisdom on how to get through this. Um, They actually say this isn't a handbook for functioning during a pandemic, but it is some wisdom as we meander our way through this. And so I thought I would capture some of their points and and expand on them. So one thing that we need to do is accept that life is different right now. Um, Mattis actually quotes, it's a shitty time. It's hard. You have to accept that in your bones and be okay with this as a tough day with That's the way it is, and accept that as a baseline. I think this is a super important point that, especially on the days when you're having a hard day, to just accept it. It just, it's hard. It's supposed to be hard. It's nothing you did. It's nothing you could have prevented. It it has nothing to do with your lack of preparation or lack of being enough or really anything. It just, this is hard and it's hard on different days for different reasons. And we have to just accept that life is hard and that it's different. Number two is expect less from yourself. Um, I think this one is especially important for those of us who work in academia and have other roles in our lives as well, such as being parents and spouses. And if you do volunteer work at a school or at a nonprofit organization, we just cannot do all of the things that 
we can do back BC. BC is how I refer to before COVID. You know, in 2019, before we even had a an inkling that something like this would happen, I feel like I just had a lot more energy. Everything just felt easier. Again, I think part of that is the surge capacity that we just talked about. Part of that too, though, is, I don't know if you've paid attention, but man, every decision I make takes more energy. Every decision is a risk calculation. Can my kid go do this thing? Well, how many people will be there? What choices have they been making? How close will they need to be? Can they wear masks? How many other people would be at this place? I mean, I'm going to go to the grocery store. Well, what time should I go? Well, if I go at this time, it would be this many people probably and this many people and there would be this many workers in addition to the people and masks are required, but then does everybody wear them properly? Well, not always in this store, but yes, in that store. Every little decision is a series of risk calculations. And so, of course, we don't have energy. Everything we do is harder. And so, I've just come to have to expect less. I can't get all of the things done that I used to be able to get done. I just, I don't have the physical or mental energy to do all of them anymore. And I just don't. And I I now have shifted my expectations for myself. And I'm not so hard on myself whenever I can't get all of the things done that maybe a year ago I would have. Um, the next thing that they talk about is recognizing the different stages of grief and the different aspects of grief that you might be going through. While not everyone has lost a loved one and not everyone has lost a job, I think it's pretty safe to say that everyone is experiencing loss. Loss of opportunities, loss of adventure, loss of travel, loss of time with friends, just losses. And depending on how you feel about those losses, you might be experiencing grief. And, you know, the typical stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And so that's kind of the the standard typical stages that we experience with loss. With the pandemic, the losses keep happening And I think that how we feel about them keeps shifting. So, you know, you might go back and forth through the stages multiple times. And when you're feeling one of them, just recognize that you're in a stage of grief. You are grieving the loss of something. It's okay if you're feeling angry on a random day for no reason whatsoever. It could be that you're you're processing the loss of something from last weekend that, you know, you were supposed to be on some amazing trip and didn't get to go because of COVID. And so days later, you're angry about it, that it's a stage of grief and it it makes sense. The next one is to experiment with both and thinking. This is one, I, I kind of already mentioned this when I talked about the, the Black Lives Matter, um, topic earlier, but this both and thinking is really become something that is, is top on my mind lately. Brene Brown talks about this in her books as well, that you can't really have 
joy without sadness. You, you can't have success without failure. It's both and. We have to allow for both positive things and negative things to happen at the same time. And so where where you can embrace this both and thinking, it just helps give some perspective and some comfort around the ways that you're feeling. So if you are both enjoying all of this time at home and like losing your mind by being in your house so much, that's normal. That's the power of both and thinking. The next thing that they talk about is looking for activities that fulfill you. I know that I talk about this a lot, and this is, you know, kind of around this idea of self-care, but the it's not even so much your traditional self-care of, you know, rest and, well, obviously a lot of our self-care activities we can't do, like going for a swim or going for a pedicure or going for a massage or going to hang out in a coffee shop. A lot of those things we can't do. But certainly there are other things that you can do. And and I know I talk a lot about finding ways to find joy in your day. So whether it's going for a walk or watching a movie or some TV show that you're really enjoying, do you like to paint or is there something you've been wanting to build in your house? So finding some sort of activities that bring you joy and and happiness and give you some level of fulfillment. For me, I have definitely found that activities that require me to physically do something where there is a beginning, a middle, and an end has been really important. So completion. Um, I've been making a lot of t-shirts. That's become kind of the biggest thing is, you know, putting words onto t-shirts, you know, with an iron-on vinyl and using a Cricut machine. That has been, um, you know, making me laugh, kind of trying to find a t-shirt design and trying different ones that are silly and then actually making the shirt and then wearing the shirt is kind of fun. And I have found that to be, you know, just giving me a lot of joy. The, what am I on? Number six is focusing on important relationships and both strengthening and maintaining those relationships. I know that in some ways this is hard right now when we can't kind of travel and go visit one another as much as we're typically able. You certainly can't go see your friend across the country, but finding ways to connect with those loved ones and maintaining those relationships serves multiple purposes. It certainly will make sure that those relationships are still there whenever we do get past this pandemic, but also it will help you not feel so depleted. You know, connecting with those others will make you feel good. Um, Getting to hear what, what joys are happening in their lives and simultaneously you may make them feel better by reaching out to them and, and connecting with them. 
And so however you can do that, whether that's texts or phone calls or Zoom calls or letters, um, I think those connections are really important. And then the last thing that is in this article is begin to slowly build your resilience bank account. I have never really thought much about a resilience bank account, but until I read this article, but it makes a lot of sense. And back to the the topic of the article, the surge capacity, typically our resilience bank account has what we need to get through a crisis. We keep drawing on this account. This surge hasn't stopped yet. And so we have to take pauses to kind of fill back up What's the saying? You can't pour from an empty cup. This is it. This is why. Our bank account of resilience is tapped out. And so how do we do that? Sleep, nutrition, exercise, meditation, self-compassion, gratitude, connection, and saying no. These are the areas that are in this article from Mattis. So finding ways to build up this resilience so that you can continue to push forward and and drive forward and be successful. It's just really important. The last thing that I want to mention today is one other article that I read. And again, I'll put a note to this or a link to this in the notes from today's episode. But it's a USA Today article that one of my friends shared on Facebook. It's by Joel Shannon. And the basic premise of the article is just serving as a reminder to us that that things aren't going to, quote unquote, change back to normal overnight. We have to realize that this, while this pandemic feels like it came on very suddenly and changed overnight. It wasn't quite overnight. There were kind of a, a, a two to three month kind of window leading up to it that certainly some scientists saw it coming, but it became very real to those of us in the U.S. very suddenly in the month of March. And things changed almost overnight. And what this article talks about is that We need to stop waiting for the shift back to normal to happen in the same way, because it is unlikely that it will happen that way. We have to remember that, you know, certainly for those who've lost their jobs and those who've lost their lives and the family members of those individuals, things are never going back to what they were before. But even... For the rest of us, it's unlikely that things are going to shift back suddenly. It's likely to be very gradual. It's likely to take a long time. And there's a a quote in here about um, specifically around the vaccine that Dr. Fauci has been, and he's been saying this for quite a while, but it's a good reminder that even when the vaccine comes out, it's not going to change things overnight. You know, we're still probably months away from having a vaccine, but even once we have it, it needs to be distributed, you know, to billions of people. And so it's going to take time. And so what this article talks about is like, we have to accept that we're in 
this new situation. I don't want to call it a new normal because I don't know that phrase bothers me. It it's not normal, but it it's it's the new way that life is for now, and we have to adjust our expectations and and even adjust our fantasies. What what they talk about in this article is that kind of sitting around visualizing what it will be like when COVID is gone and life goes back to what it was before, perhaps is not something we should be sitting around visualizing. And instead, we should be visualizing what can we do to bring back the feelings of what life was like before, even during this time. So it's unlikely that we're going to be at a concert with 50,000 people or 20,000 people or even 10,000 people anytime soon but you enjoy seeing live music and enjoying music with others. So what can you do to get that feeling without going to a concert rather than daydreaming and fantasizing about what it will be like to go to a concert? Because if we don't adapt our visualizations and our fantasies, then we're just continuing to drive the disappointment that we already feel. And so if we could just adjust what we're hoping for and adjust our expectations and and be creative about ways that we can get the feelings of what life was like before without actually doing all of the things and and participating in those activities. I thought it was a great reminder because I do think I catch myself even like wondering like how much longer until this we flip the switch again. You know, it's as though we flipped a switch to get into this, will we flip a switch to get out? And this article was a good reminder that, that we're probably not going to get to flip a switch. It's probably going to be gradual. And I hesitate to even guess how long that gradual shift will take. And and to be honest, there are some things that I, I'm actually enjoying the way that I've adjusted to COVID life and, and won't go back. For example, I used to travel for work a lot. And I'd like to think that I won't ever go back to traveling that much. I've really enjoyed being home with my family. I have enjoyed working from home. I think I will continue to work from home at some level moving on. I would love to get to kind of a hybrid model where I'm in the lab a few days and home a few days every week. So so what I'm trying to do is to kind of adapt my, my visions of what I want life to look like given where we are now. And and if we do get to the point that we can go back to concerts and travel freely around the world and have big parties again, you know, I think it will be very easy to shift back into them that mindset. But in the meantime, finding ways to enjoy the days that we have during this time where we have to do things differently, it's just going to make all of the days more enjoyable for us. That is it for this episode. I hope that you get something out of it. And if you are hitting a wall like I have been, that it'll give you some strategies and some viewpoints to help kind of pivot your mindset and and give yourself some grace for the fact that you are feeling exhausted. I certainly have spent some time over the last couple of weekends really filling my resilience bank account. I have spent some time with some family and some close friends. I have taken some naps. 
I have had more exercise, more time outside. And in addition, trying to get all my work done, which is why I haven't had time to record the podcast. Um, I'm glad that I was able to carve the time this week and, and to talk about this with all of you. So I hope that you have a great week. If you have not yet subscribed or um, posted a comment on whatever podcast platform you're using, I would really appreciate that. And if you're listening to this prior to November 3rd, don't forget to get out and vote. Every vote counts. Our voices need to be heard this year more than ever. All right, take care and we'll talk to you next time. You've just listened to another episode of The Calm Podcast. I hope that some of the strategies that I talked about are helpful to you in your journey through academia and life. As they say, it's not all about the destination. It's about the journey. Let's make it a great one. Until next time.